for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster, Monster Kid, Kid Radio. Radio. Here your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Monster Kid Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters. Modern Talk. And the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster, Monster Kid, Kid Radio. Well, hello, hello, and welcome a podcast, but a podcast with a different distinction. It's me, off the cuff, talking about everything that I love artistically. Usually, it will be segregated to literature, novels, books. And films, but not only that. It may be a time where I talk upon cultural things, most specifically within the art medium. Whether it's movie news, book news, culturally, what's going on. It's literally a podcast about a man on his own, staring at the four walls and just thinking, "What am I?" It's not a rot. It's an articulate warbling. Hey everyone, welcome back to Black Clock Audio Tales. I'm your host and editor, producer, D.B. Spitzer. Today we're going to be talking about Beowulf or Anglo-Saxon sonnets or something dealing with uh, Old English. So stay tuned uh, or check the show notes and find out specifically what we're going to be talking about. If you want to keep the show going, help support the show, help uh, help keep it on the air, uh, why not go to pgttcm.podbean.com and become a member of our patrons. Also, look out for upcoming projects. We always have something going on. Become a member of one of our cults, uh, the t-shirt cult, the sticker cult, the... Uh, I don't know. You know, hey... Um, also, you could support us by going to paypal.me slash pgttcm or just telling people about us or supporting us and being our friends on social media, Instagram, Black Clock Audio Tales, uh, People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos, Black Clock Audio Tales on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, but I don't do much with it occasionally. I do stuff, but hey, that's about it. So here we go with some Anglo-Saxon, Old English, talkity stuff. This reading by Tad E. Beowulf by Unknown Translated by Francis Barton Gamere 33 Then he goes to his chamber, a grief song chants alone for his loss. Too large all seems, homestead and house, so the helmet of wetters hid in his heart for Herabald waves of woe. No way could he take to avenge on the slayer slaughter so foul, nor e'en could he harass that hero at all with loathsome deed, though he loved him not. And so for the sorrow his soul endured, man's gladness he gave up, and God's light chose, lands and cities he left his sons, as the wealthy do when he went from earth. 
There was strife and struggle, twixt Swede and Gaet, o'er the width of waters war arose, hard battle horror when Hrethel died, and on Jantheo's offspring grew strife keen, bold, nor brooked o'er the seas, packed of peace, but pushed their hosts to harass and hatred by Hreosnaberk, Men of my old, for that feud had vengeance, for woeful war tis widely known, though one of them bought it with blood of his heart, a bargain hard for hath can proved fatal that fray. For the first of Gaiots, at morn I heard, was the murderer killed by kinsman for kinsman, with clash of sword, when Anjantheo met Eover there. Wide split the war helm, wan he fell hoary skilfing, the hand that smote him of feud was mindful, nor flinched from the death blow. For all that he gave me my gleaming sword repaid him at war, such power I wielded, for lordly treasure with land he entrusted me, homestead and house, he had no need from Swedish realm, or from spear dane folk, or from men of the gifts, to get him help some warriors worse for wage to buy. Ever I fought in front of all, soul to the floor, and so shall I fight while I bide in life, and this blade shall last that early and late hath royal proof since for my doughtiness. Day Hreven fell, slain by my hand, the Huggish champion, nor fared he thence to the Frisian king with the booty sack and breast adornments, but slain in struggle that standard bearer fell, atheling brave. Not with blade was he slain, but his bones were broken by brawny gripe. His heart waved still, the sword edge now, hard blade in my hand, for the horde shall strive. Beowulf spake, and a battle thou made, his last of all. I have lived through many wars in my youth. Now once again, old folk defender, feud will I seek, do doughty deeds, if the dark destroyer forth from his cavern comes to fight me. Then hailed he the helmeted hero all for the last time, greeting his liegemen dear, comrades of war. I should carry no weapon, no sword to the serpent, if sure I knew how, with such enemy, else my vows I could gain as I did in Grendel's day. But fire in this fight, I must fear me now, and poisonous breath, so I bring with me breastplate and board. From the barrow's keeper no foot-breath flee I. One fight shall end our war by the wall, as word allots all mankind's master. My mood is bold, but forbears to boast o'er this battle-flyer. Now abide by the barrow, ye breastplate mailed, ye heroes in harness, which of us twain better from battle-rush bear his wounds. Wait ye the finish, the fight is not yours, nor meet for any but me alone to measure might with this monster here, and play the hero. Hardily I shall win that wealth, or war shall seize cruel killing your king and lord. Up stood then, with shield the sturdy champion, stayed by the strength of his single manhood, and hardy neath helmet his harness bore under cleft of the cliffs, no coward's path, 
Soon spied by the wall that warrior chief, survivor of many a victory field, when foemen fought with furious clashings, an arch of stone, and within a stream that broke from the barrow. The brooklet's waves was hot with fire, the horde that way he never could hope unharmed to near, or endure those deeps for the dragon's flame. Then let from his breast, for he burst with rays, the wetter guyot prince, a word outgo, stormed the stark heart, stern went ringing, and clear his cry neath the cliff rocks gray. The horde guard heard a human voice, his rage was enkindled, no respite now for pact of peace. The poison breath of that foul worm first came forth from the cave, hot reeking of fight. The rocks resounded, stout by the stoneway, his shield he raised, lord of the Gaiots against the loathed one. While with courage keen that coiled foe came seeking strife, the sturdy king had drawn his sword, not dull of edge, heirloom old, and each of the two felt fear of his foe, though fierce their mood. Stoutly stood with his shield raised high, the warrior king, and the worm now coiled together amain. The mailed one waited. Now spire by spire, fast sped and glided that blazing serpent, the shield-protected soul and body a shorter while for the hero king than his heart desired. Could his will have wielded the welcome respite but once in his life? But word denied it in victory's honors. His arm he lifted, lord of the Gaiots, the grim foe smote with atheling heirloom, its edge was turned brown blade on the bone, and bit more feebly than its noble master had need of then in his baleful stress. Then the barrower's keeper waxed full wild for that weighty blow, cast deadly flames wide drove and far, those vicious fires. No victor's glory the Gaiot's lord boasted. His brand had failed naked in battle, as never it should, excellent iron. "'Twas no easy path that Edgetheo's honored heir "'must tread over the plain to the place of the foe, "'for against his will he must win a home elsewhere far, "'as must all men leaving this lapsing life. "'Not long it was ere those champions grimly closed again. "'The horde guard was heartened, high heaved his breast once more, "'and by peril was pressed again and folded in flames the folk commander.' nor yet about him his band of comrades sons of athelings armed stood with warlike front to the woods they bent them their lives to save but the soul of one with care was cumbered kinsmen true can never be marred in a noble mind thirty four we laugh his name was welchstan's son lindenthane loved the lord of skilfings alfhera's kinsman his king he now saw, with heat under helmet hard oppressed. He minded the prizes his prince had given him, wealthy seat of the wage-munding line, and folk rights that his father owned. Not long he lingered, the linden yellow his shield, he seized the sword he drew, as heirloom of iron mund, earth-dwellers knew it, who was slain by the sword-edge, son of Otir. Friendless exile, erst in fray, killed by Wetchstan, who won for his kin, brown, bright helmet, breastplate ringed, old sword of Etten's, Onala's gift, weeds of war of the warrior thane, battle gear brave, though a brother's child had been felled, the feud was unfelt by Onala. For winters this war gear 
wet stan kept breastplate and board till his bairn had grown earlship to earn as the old sire did then he gave him mid gaiets the gear of battle portion huge when he passed from life fared aged forth for the first time now with his leader lord the liegeman young was bidden to share the shrokek of battle neither softened his soul nor the sire bequest weakened in war so the worm found out when once in fight the foes had met weelof spake and his words were sage sad in spirit he said to his comrades i remember the time when meed we took what promise we made to this prince of ours in the banquet hall to our breaker of rings for gear of combat to heal him requital for hard sword and helmet if hap should bring stress of the sort himself who chose us from all his army to aid him now urged us to glory and gave these treasures because he counted us keen with the spear and hardy neath helm though this hero work our leader hoped unhelped and alone to finish for us folk defender who hath got him glory greater than all men for daring deeds now the day is come that our noble master has need of the might of warrior stout let us stride along the hero to help while the heat is about him glowing and grim for god is my witness i am far more fain the fire should seize along with my lord these limbs of mine unsuiting it seems our shields to bear homeward hence save here we essay to fell the foe and defend the life of the wedder's lord i wot twere shame on the law of our land if alone the king out of gaiatish warriors woe endured and sank in the struggle my sword and helmet breastplate and board for us both shall serve through slaughter reek strode he to secure his chieftain his battle helm bore and brief words spake beowulf dearest do all bravely as in youthful days of yore thou vowedst that while life should last thou wouldst let no wise thy glory droop now great in deeds atheling steadfast with all thy strength shield thy life i will stand to help thee at the words the worm came once again murderous monster mad with rage with fire billows flaming its foe to seek the hated men and heat waves burned that board to the boss and the breastplate failed to shelter at all the spear thane young yet quickly under his kinsman's shield went eager the earl since his own was now all burned by the blaze the bold king again had mind of his glory with might his glaive was driven into the dragon's head blow nerved by hate but nail ing was shivered broken in battle was beowulf's sword old and gray twas granted him not that ever the edge of iron at all could help him at strife too strong was his hand so the tale is told and he tried too far with strength of stroke all swords he wielded though sturdy their steel they steadied him not then for the third time thought on its feud that folk destroyer fire dread dragon and rushed on the hero where room allowed battle grim burning its bitter teeth closed on his neck and covered him with waves of blood from his breast that welled 35 twas now men say in his sovereign's need that the earl made known his noble strain craft and keenness and courage enduring heedless of harm though his hand was burned hardy-hearted he helped his kinsman a little lower the loathsome beast he smote with sword his steel drove in bright and burnished 
That blaze began to loose and lessen. At last the king wielded his wits again. War knife drew, a biting blade by his breastplate hanging, and the wetter's helm smote that worm asunder, felled the foe, flung forth its life. So had they killed it, kinsmen both, atheling twain, thus an earl should be in danger's day. Of deeds of valor this conqueror's hour of the king was last of his work in the world. The wound began which that dragon of earth had erst inflicted to swell and smart, and soon he found in his breast was boiling, baleful and deep, pain of poison. The prince walked on, wise in his thought, to the wall of rock, then sat and stared at the structure of giants, where arch of stone and steadfast column upheld forever that hall and earth. Yet here must the hand of the henchman peerless lave with water his winsome lord, the king and conqueror covered with blood, with struggle spent, and unspan his helmet. Beowulf spake in spite of his hurt, his mortal wound, full well he knew his portion now was past and gone of earthly bliss, and all had fled of his file of days, and death was near. I would fain bestow on son of mine this gear of war were given me now, than any heir should after me of my proper blood. This people I ruled fifty winters, no folk king was there, none at all of the neighboring clans who war would wage me with warriors' friends, and threat me with horrors. At home I bided what fate might come, and I cared for mine own. Feuds I sought not, nor falsely swore ever on oath, for all these things, though fatally found, fain am I. From the ruler of man no wrath shall seize me, when life from my frame must flee away for killing of kinsmen. Now quickly go and gaze on that hoard neath the hoary rock we loved. Now the worm lies low, sleeps, heart sore of his spoil bereaved, and fair in haste I would fain behold the gorgeous heirlooms, golden store, have joy in the jewels and gems, lay down softlier for sight of this splendid hoard, my life, and the lordship I long have held. End of section 12